Welcome to the Compassionate Warrior Show, a podcast about rising up and becoming a warrior, empowering women through compassion and strength. Each episode, we will be interviewing strong women from all walks of life and learn from their personal journey. And our guest for today is Deborah Henderson. She is the author of a fiction novel titled The Missing Pieces. Hi, Alpha. Hi, Deborah. How are you today? I'm good. It's nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's always a pleasure, that's for sure. Um, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Good question. How long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> you can take as much time as you want. Oh, yeah, because there's a lot of journey. <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know. I think I have a different role for everyone around me. Uh, I'm a drafter at work. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. Uh, I'm a sister. I'm a grandmother. And uh, I guess I'm a little bit crazy most of the time, but in a good way. And um, I'm a survivor and the author of my new book, uh, The Missing Pieces which I think I'm here to share. Exactly. And um, can you please tell me, what is your book about? Um, you know, it's a story of survival about a woman struggling with um, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, trying to put together her the missing pieces of her life. You know, it's about fear, anger, shame, grief. It's an emotional roller coaster. What's your inspiration about writing your book and talking more about uh, PTSD? Okay, first, PTSD, yes, a lot of veterans come back and they've seen a lot of death and uh, wounded. Uh, war is hell, I'm really sure. But sometimes life is too. You know, because people witness death in their everyday lives. They get abused. Um, there's all kinds of things that can happen in life that can leave you scarred as a child. And your mind just completely wipes them out. Kind of a safety, a safety switch. You know, because some things are very hard to handle. So it's a survival mechanism. And at some point in your life, they will come back to you. And it's where you start to realize that you need help and you need to be able to process those missing pieces. And that's why you chose the title, The Missing Pieces. Right. What triggers you? What prompted you to actually say, you know what? I want to do something about my story and share it to everyone. Yeah. Um... As a child, I wrote stories. It was like a healing process. Um, it was a way of ex escaping reality. And over the years, I just kept writing and never shared any of them because they were very personal. Even though most of them were fiction, they were still like um, writing about someone with uh, a lot of traumatic issues in their life, making it easier for me to deal with mine. And at some point, yes, my last story, I got a nudge from someone very special and said, you know, you need to share your stories 
I'm sure they're really great and they might be able to help other people. So that's when I decided a couple of years ago to finish the story I was working on and um, publish it. That's really great. Um, just going back to the word you said, healing process for you, yeah. when you start writing this story, what was it like for you? Is it really a healing process? As you narrate the story on each chapter of your book, you've actually reflect on those memories and series of events in your life? Yeah, exactly. And a lot of my main ca character, Bobby, she deals with a lot more difficult times than I had. And but she is me, like every emotion in that book comes from deep down inside of me. I've lived them. And I've found that um, since I've published the book and I've started promoting it and I'm talking about it, it's actually healing me. But at the same time, I'm realizing that it's healing other people too because they're realizing that they're not alone and they're able to speak out about it with me and hopefully speak out about it with someone who can give them more help. And uh, they usually leave me with a big hug, and it feels good for both of us. I think it seems to help. Wow, that's pretty interesting, and it's very empowering. Mm -hmm. um, I know this can be a little too, too touchy, but would it be possible for you to share us one story or one chapter of your life that you'd find a very traumatic for you? Um, my childhood was really really bad, but the worst thing that could ever happen to someone is to lose a daughter. And I actually lost my daughter and grandson in a fire about eight years ago. And um, it's something that you don't get over. It's every morning you wake up, and you look around you and you say, no, I wasn't dreaming, it's real. And you just have to get yourself out of bed, put one foot in front of the other and just keep going. It's the only way to survive. Wow. It's, it's I don't know how else, you know, you, you've been very good. I've known you at work and I've seen you struggle and still fight each and every day just to distract your mind out mm -hmm. of that experience. Um, maybe perhaps we can share with everyone, um, how did you learn about that incident? Um, this was eight years ago, correct? Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, really devastating because that morning, first of all, the night before was my birthday. And my daughter had planned a surprise party for me. And we had the most amazing evening. We had supper together and the usual laughing, fooling around, taking crazy shots, pictures. And um, then they went home. And the next day, you know, it was the next day, got up as usual, um, Drove to work with my husband, uh, got out of the car, got on the internet, and 
and um, right on the um, MSN news there are headlines that come up when you go on your computer I saw the picture of their front door of their apartment um, burned uh, the uh, danger police tape around it and my grandson's bicycle out in the front lawn nobody contacted me I found it I saw it on the news wow yeah I screamed I was very early always at the office and the CEO of the company was there and um, there was someone else that was in early also and they heard me screaming and came running and um you know, I got a ride out of there, uh, was on my way to Verdun, where my daughter lived. And then um, my husband, who had heard something on the radio about a fire on their street, got a bad feeling and turned around, went back to Verdun instead of going to work. And he got there before I did, and he called me up and told me to go to, I can't even remember the name of the hospital, but they had resuscitated my daughter. But um, when we got to the hospital, she was in an oxygen chamber. And um, she, when they came out with her, she was brain dead. So uh, we needed to discuss what to do. She had, my daughter was somebody who wanted to save the world. She brought home stray cats, stray dogs, stray friends when we were having Christmas and they didn't have anywhere to go. She brought homeless people to lunch. She wanted to save the world. So we discussed with the doctors. She did have organs that were still good, so we donated her organs. So it was her last beautiful gesture to save some lives. Wow. Well, thank you very much for sharing. That is... Mm -hmm. You know, it's very traumatic experience for you, and I, you know, nobody would wish to, wish it upon anyone else. For every parents out there, we 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 cherish our kids with love, and mm -hmm. in a blink of an eye, anything yeah. else is possible. Mm -hmm. But in retrospect, like what you said, she's she's got a very generous heart, yeah, a compassionate person, and even till the end of time. You've given her the honor to do what she loves most, and that is about helping others. Yeah. And through your yeah. own way, at the same time, mm -hmm. regardless of pain, you're here with me sharing this story. Yeah. It was actually uh, my daughter that gave me the little nudge to um, publish a story. So I think that was her way of telling me, you know, Mom, you've got you to gotta help people. So trying to do it, trying to live up to her. <laughs> and we thank her for that. And I'm sure that she is very proud of you. She's very proud of you looking at you right now and saying, Mom, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. That's really great. Um, you mentioned earlier that the characters on your book are based on your on real people, right? And they well, all... They're, oh, sorry. They're yeah. based on... Well, they're mostly fictional. Mm-hmm. I would say that I am the main character. Like everything that goes on in my head on a daily basis and all my craziness comes out in Bobby. I've had people who read my book and told me that they can hear me. 
they can hear me talking when they're reading my book. So the rest of the characters, well, you know, we all have family, like my characters in a foster home. I was in a foster home. It is a crazy fiction, you know, because it's not my life. But uh, yeah, a therapist once told me, you create lives that are more difficult than yours so you can feel better about your own, which I think is true. So I would say Bobby's me. And um, Carla, she's like the best friend I never had and the kind of friend that everybody wants to have. She rescued Bobby from her nightmares. She was there for her. She stayed with her overnight when she was too scared to stay alone. They were inseparable. They were really great friends. And yeah, I would have always wished to have a friend like that. It's very interesting how you created a character, an imaginary friend that you wish you could have Mm -hmm. or had at that time or even now. Yeah. Creating that character and thinking that, you know, this could have helped you during those times. Mm -hmm. Do you think you see that character or that friend in you as well? Considering the fact that you've managed to, to survive and to become strong in spite of all. Yeah, I guess so. And the fact that, you know, I did create her and I did create her as... You know, somebody will let do anything to help people. And yeah, I think that's what, what I'm trying to do. Yeah. But I'd really like to say something, though, just came to me, is that um, when this all happened to me, um, I think there's a big need to create awareness because... Um, People don't know how to deal with someone going through a crisis like that. I actually told people that I felt like I was from another planet. I was an alien and I had a disease and people didn't want to come near me anymore. And it's serious. It did happen. I have so many friends that I've lost over the years because they just didn't know what to say. And they're afraid to say it. You know, they're afraid to say something wrong. And in a situation like that, there is no words. You know, I saw a little cartoon once. It was, I don't know, it looked like a little potato-shaped guy sitting on the ground with his head down. And um, another little potato-looking guy coming up, and the bubble note was, are you okay? And the guy sitting down said no. And the guy standing, do you want to talk about it? The other guy says no. So the guy standing up went and sat down back to back with the little, the guy sitting down just stayed there and they never said a thing. And my point is, it's just you need to be there. You don't have to say anything. Because when nobody says anything and people stay away, you ended up, You end up doing like I did, which is close yourself to the world. And since I've published my book, it seems like it's opening me up now. And it's feeling so much better. Like, I'm feeling so much better about myself. And I think I can help people. 
because I'm helping myself at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It does actually yeah. make sense. Your coping mechanism is actually helping other people. Yes. And that's what's, you know, help you a lot with your journey yes. of healing mm-hmm. by healing others. So it's a very um, insightful, very effective approach. Mm-hmm. And this process that you're doing to address, you know, your experience and what you may call a disease is actually in retrospect is a, a more of a searching for your soul right I guess they always say all things happen for a reason I don't like I don't like what happened but I think in the end I will heal myself though I don't think there's a way to um, you cope but it doesn't go away the feeling of loss especially of a child and a grandson but I think with time, it'll be a little easier. And along my journey, I can help people. That's very good. Um, now, let's talk about your book a little bit more. Can you please tell me what is your favorite part of the book? What chapter? Okay. Oh, there are a lot of chapters. <laughs> um, the book starts out on Bobby's journey to recovery. Um, she's out on the ocean, scuba diving, feeling the freedom that she deserves, you know, and um, it's really a beautiful, you, you can picture yourself under the water, you know, and again, like that feeling of freedom. And the other parts that I really enjoy are when she zones out into her memories. Some are good. Some are beautiful memories, and some are really crazy, like bad memories. But it's her zoning in and zoning out that I really like. It's a little bit of a difficult um, book at the beginning because you don't know what time of what time you're in, whether you're in the present, in the past, in a dream, in a flashback. But once you get a few chapters in, you're stuck. (laughs) You can't get out. You just keep turning the pages and you understand where you are. And yeah, so I like the dreams. And when you talk about dreams, I I can't help but notice um, when I ask you to uh, tell me your favorite part of the book, you've, you know, you've described about this feeling of freedom and all that. And all I can see is the big smile on your face. (sighs) It, It it paints a very beautiful picture about you and how you feel. And it is very strong and powerful. Yeah, you know, I love life. I love life. I love nature. I love the mountains. Being on the lake at six o'clock in the morning in the fog, you know, life is beautiful, even though there are a lot of tragedies that happen. I always seem to find the beauty in it somehow keeps me going and you are that type of person indeed you, you I met you um, eight years ago at work and um, I've always seen you with this different you know zest for life you like to enjoy the moment when you can and when that moment hits you where you have to go through that process you allow yourself by being vulnerable 
And that's what I am admire about you, knowing you for for quite a period of time. Mm-hmm. You've embraced vulnerability and being brave about it. Mm. And that is very beautiful, I believe. And um, I think that one thing that a lot of people would not know about you is you're you're very good at composing yourself every day. I try. <laughs> the tears do roll, but I keep going. And um, if if I may ask you, um, what is something memorable you have heard from one of your readers? I know you've you've done a lot of uh, you know conferences and yeah, speak engagement every now and then. I'm hearing very good reviews. Um, Some are general, you know, like, oh my, this is an amazing book. It's a page turner. Uh, Once you start it, you can't stop reading. I can't wait for her next book. And uh, others, like, um, I think it's more from people who are struggling a bit themselves. And they talk about how they love the way Bobby keeps going every day and survives. And she's um, surrounded by people who care about her and love her. And uh, I think that's what touched them the most is that she, uh, I think if she can survive, anyone can. I don't know. It, just, it hits people in different ways, but... So far, it's pretty good reviews, and I'm really happy with that. And I hope it helps people. I'm glad to as well, because it's very relatable, and a lot of people yeah. can can resonate with your story. Um, is there any book that you've read that most influenced your life, by any chance? Um, yeah. Influenced my life. You know, there's... It seems... The same way I create lives of people who are struggling more than I am. <laughs> I like to read stories about that too. And um, this, the Millennium series was one of my favorite uh, last books that I read. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. She had a rough life. <laughs> she did. She did. And if you watched all three movies, you can see it. And it's, it's like I can relate to it. I like things that I can relate to. That's and I have started another book, but um, promoting this one takes a lot of time. So <laughs> I've kind of uh, put it in the, on the back burner right now. Okay. Mm. That's good. So um, I'd like to touch on a little bit more on the PTSD since we've okay. talked about it a little bit earlier during yes. our intro. Um, what's the common myth about PTSD we, we mentioned earlier that is associated to Uh, post-traumatic experience uh, mainly used by veterans and all that Mm -hmm. but for a regular person Mm -hmm. how would you describe PTSD what is a common myth about it well in my experience like I'm not an expert but in my experience um, I still have some missing pieces in my life I've actually just about a month ago something came back from when I was in my teens and they come back in dreams or they just come back out of the blue like a flashback you know I'm walking through the woods or something and all of a sudden something comes to me and I'm like you start thinking and I'm like is that real 
And then the more you think about it, you realize that, yes, that happened. So I, um, I would say that my past came back to me late. I was in my 40s when my past started coming back to me. And I didn't know what was happening. Uh, I had nightmares all my life, but I never realized why. And I still do, because it's what it does to you. It's nightmares and fear, um, insecurity, I'm never good enough. All those feelings because, I don't know, it's just, when you think about your past and you think, I was not loved, how could this happen to me? Maybe I was no good, I was a bad kid. All these things go through your head, so they weigh heavily on your mind all the time. It's, it's, it's very hard sometimes, you know, when you talk about these experiences and all that. Oftentimes we look at self-worth or insecurities just because we don't value ourselves enough. That makes us feel like that. Mm -hmm. But there's more to that. There's a root cause why we feel the way we feel, right? Absolutely. As a child, if you're told... If you're struggling and you're told by your parents, oh, what's wrong with you? Can't you do anything right? You know, whatever, you're stupid. You know, all these things, you keep getting told those things over and over again, you begin to believe them. And it's not something that can easily go away. So that's where insecurities come from and fear. Yeah. And um, what advice would you give to someone who is in the same battle like you do? Do something that makes them feel good. Set goals. If they're artists, paint, write. Do anything that brings you pleasure and talk to people. There are people out there that you can talk to. I know so many people that won't. They say, I don't need to talk to anyone but you do, it feels really good to talk about it. And I've actually learned that even more now, promoting my book. I've always gone to psychologists. I'm not afraid to say that. It's, mm -hmm. yeah, but it seems there's like a stigma attached to it or something. Oh, she's crazy. Let's stay away from her. You know, it's, it's not. People need someone to talk to. Life is hard and you need to talk. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And if you could send a message to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell to a younger version of Deborah? What would I tell? Wow. Um, enjoy life as much as you can. Love the people you love as much as you can because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And never say goodbye on a bad note. Wow, that's a pretty strong statement right there. All right, that's uh, very powerful. I mean, <laughs> I mean, with just that conversation alone, I feel like I've witnessed the whole story, and I've shared. You know, I've felt the pain, the sufferings mm -hmm. that you've gone through, but at the same time, the relief that you're experiencing in the process. Thank you very much for that. Now. 
let's talk about something fun about you. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So, do you have any hidden or uncommon talents that you could share? Uncommon talents. I don't know. Does adrenaline junkie count as one? <laughs> I mean, yes. You, you, if that would, you know, if you would consider that as something that. Uh, okay. Yes, I'm an adrenaline adrenaline junkie. Okay. I see a cliff. I want to climb it. Um, see an airplane flying overhead. I want to jump at it, out of it. I have actually both of those. Okay, you did. And climb the highest mountain, which you did, Mount Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro, yes. That was two years after the fire. I reached the summit of Kilimanjaro as one of my goals to keep me from, you know, drowning. And. Um, what else? I'm afraid of water, and I go swim down uh, freezing cold rapids in the spring. <laughs> oh my god! Craziness. Okay, I used to be a jazz singer. Not very many people know that. Oh no, not at all. Really? Okay. Yeah. And who's your favorite artist? Um, my idol is Janis Joplin, of course. <laughs> of course. Can you sing a song from Janis Joplin? Maybe, you know, uh, I never heard right? you sing. Yeah. I mean, like, you always talk about it. You told me you were in a band and all that. Yeah, so maybe, you yeah. know, like, you can entice the audience. That's so long ago. Oh, I really can't sing. <laughs> Okay. Okay, we'll do it some yeah, other no, time. We'll do that another time. We'll do that another yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, let me work on that. <laughs> okay, fine. But uh, I paint. Nice. That's okay. not unusual. Yeah. Um, what else? Mm-hmm. I'm a jack of all trades. <laughs> master of none. You're a master of your own domain. There we go. There you go. Um, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, hmm. I would say seeing the future, but that probably wouldn't be good. <laughs> you know, prevent everything that could go wrong. But it could be a good thing to as well, right? Yeah, it could. They always say it's not good to change the future, but it would be nice to, you know, <laughs> you know, foresee any tragedies and try to avoid them. That would be amazing. Bring my daughter and grandson back. That would be a really good superpower <laughs> <laughs> don't we all and yeah. i hope we could right yeah um okay so i guess my last question would be what is being a warrior means to you um everybody keeps telling me i am one i just never realized i was i've always felt like i have a sentence in my book and i keep referring back to it as uh desperately treading water to stay above it, terrified of what might be lurking below. I've always felt like that, but I think I'm starting to realize that every morning when I get up out of bed and when I put that one foot in front of each other and go on with my day, I guess that's what being a warrior is all about, just trying to stay ahead of it and keep going, trying not to drown. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't yeah. agree more. I heard someone say once, uh, what happens to someone when they've been treading water too long? They drown. They do. 
So, yeah, keep going. Life goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is really incredible. This is powerful, enriching. And at the same time, with this conversation, I would say 30 minutes or so, I feel like in a roller coaster with you of emotion. Okay. Um, all I could say is that you're you're one of the few people that I've known who's very strong and continuously living with a purpose regardless of the experience okay. or the struggles that you've been in your life. And I wish to say that I'm so proud of you, knowing you at work and being able to see you um, publish your own book and mm. relate those stories of traumatic experience to everyone and tell mm. them that if you made it, so so does everyone else too. Yeah, I'd like to say that, yeah, people have told me in the past, I don't know how you do it. I wouldn't be able to, but you would. You have to. There's no other way out. You have to keep going. You have other children. You have family. You have no choice but to keep going. Everybody's got the strength. Just have to find it deep down inside. It's very beautiful. And I think this is one of the reasons why we actually do this show, The Compassionate Warrior, hence the, the name of itself. Um, compassionate enough not only to serve others, but being a warrior with our own journey, is what makes us different and be mm-hmm. able to live authentically with our life, showing our vulnerability, showing resilience, and empowering others at the same time. Mm-hmm. So. Julie, thank you so much for giving us your time today. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for sharing us a wonderful story. And for everyone out there, please, please get a copy of Deborah Henderson's book, Amazing Pieces. So Deborah, maybe please invite everyone or tell them where can they get a copy of your book. Okay. It's available on Amazon uh, all over the world. And uh, it's, um, I do have a Facebook page. You just have to look up Deborah Henderson, The Missing Pieces, and you'll find me. I will have a website coming up. Okay. So you'll be able to find me there too. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, do you have any uh, book shows that upcoming or where can they see you? You're writing, you know? Um, yes, I'm going to be in Ottawa okay. at the... Uh, Small Press Ottawa Book Fair. Uh, that'll be in November. Okay. Um, oh, actually, I'm going to be at something called the Author Academy Awards. Congratulations. Which is, yeah, somehow I made it to the top 10 thrillers category. And I'm going to Ohio in October to hopefully win first prize. <laughs> I, th- I think there's a big chance for that. I mean, okay. it's pretty, pretty, pretty good, pretty empowering. Like, mm. everything is very impactful, and I think everyone should get a copy just to just to be able to see what is it like out there. It could mm-hmm. be worse, but Deborah had shown us what is it like to survive and to move forward and live life to the fullest, right? Yeah, yeah it's a lot of work, but it can be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for that. So... Everyone, thank you so much for listening to The Compassionate Warrior. This is Alpha Gumbuck. If you like our show and want to know more, you can check out our podcast or please leave us a review. Thank you. Thank you, Alpha.